Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk. First, let me say thank you so much for being a listener. Now, I want to alert you to our shiny new podcast website located at podpage.com. However, you can go directly to the podcast site located at www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. There, you can contact me through email. You can leave a voice message. You can leave a review. You can read an episode blog and frequently learn about the podcast guests. You might also want to suggest podcast topic ideas or even suggest a guest. You can also let me know if you would like to receive our podcast listener logo that you can post on your social media. So I look forward to hearing from you about our new podcast website, www.publicrelationsreviewpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Public Relations Review Podcast and have a great day. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review Podcast and to our listeners all across America and around the world. Now, question. What makes one decide to leave the familiarity of public relations in the United States and set up shop in Panama? Well, my guest today can answer that. She is a native of Gettysburg, South Dakota. She graduated with a degree in communications and public relations from American University in Washington, D.C. She then worked for Senator Larry Pressler of South Dakota. Following that, she was with Sklar Idelson, also in Washington, D.C., and after several years, she made the brave decision in 1985 to move to Panama. There, she was the project manager for the Solarian Corporation, and later she launched her own firm, SSA PR Solutions, that eventually became Panama's first full-service, modern-day public relations agency. For 35 years, she has represented multinational clients such as Airbus, American Express, American Airlines, Bridgestone, Firestone, Citibank, Google, and others. In Panama and Latin America, her agency has launched Delta Airlines, FedEx, Uber, and the World Trade Center Panama. Her PR agency was the first in Panama to acquire an international affiliation in 1992. SSR PR Solutions was part of a consortium that won a major contract from the Panama Tourism Bureau for International Advertising, Public Relations, and Direct Marketing in Major Markets in the United States, Canada, Europe, and Latin America. Now, if that wasn't enough, she also earned her master's degree in digital marketing from the University of Louisville, and she is Google AdWords certified. So joining me today from Panama City, Panama, is Donna Seabreeze, principal of SSR PR Solutions. Welcome, Donna. Well, thank you, Peter. It's a pleasure to be uh, with you and on your award-winning podcast. I, I think we're going to have a, a fascinating conversation today, and I appreciate you taking your time. I'm looking forward to it. So, so let's ask the obvious question, I guess. What led you to leave Washington, D.C. and move to Panama? Well, uh, when I was living in Washington, D.C., uh, when I worked for Senator Larry Presser uh, from ni- in 1980, 
I um, lived at a place called the International Student House, uh, just off DuPont Circle in Northwest Washington. And at the International Student House, um, there was a place for 60 students from around the world. And I made friends with a Latin American group of, of students. And through that group, I met uh, uh, my husband from Panama. And we dated for several years in Washington, D.C. And then we got married. And then I moved to Panama in 1984. And since then, I'm, I'm uh, divorced. Uh, but I didn't uh, carry out my career here in Panama for the last 36 years. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the state, if you will, status of public relations in Panama once you got there? Well, I arrived in Panama in a very interesting time in the mid-1980s. Um, there was a, a dictator in charge of the country, uh, a person named Manuel Antonio Noriega, and he was in charge, and uh, little by little, I lived a, a very typical Latin American experience from the 1980s. He little by little closed the press, and became more repressive uh, to society, and uh, things escalated, and it led to uh, uh, the invasion of Panama in 1989 uh, by the United States to um, remove Manuel Antonio Noriega from his position of power. So I, I arrived in a, in a dictatorship, and then um, <laughs> a, in, it was very interesting to see the invasion obviously was a very cataclysmic event, but it was fascinating to see how companies in Panama responded and literally built themselves up from the ashes. It rose like a phoenix from the ashes in the 90s, mm-hmm. the 2000s to 2010. So it's been, a, I've also seen the Panama Canal, which the country of Panama is most known for, perhaps, uh, just like uh, France is known for the Eiffel Tower, Panama is known for the Panama Canal. I've seen the Panama Canal change um, management hands from the United States to the country of Panama, which has been a fascinating experience. So I've lived a Lived a very in, in, lived in very interesting times. So, what was it that helped you decide to launch your own agency there? Um, I uh, was always passionate about PR, and I had worked in a PR agency in in Washington D.C. and saw space in the marketplace uh, to start PR. I began in one sector of corporate newsletters. I was the editor of a corporate newsletter for the Marriott Caesar Park Hotel. It was an own media channel, and I did. Then I did several newsletters for other clients as well. And then the, the business evolved, and I moved into areas like brand uh, management, and crisis communications, and issues analysis, and um, other areas of PR as well. But I began in one specific area, and then branched out into other areas. Mm-hmm. Were there other local, if you will, Panamanian ad agencies or PR agencies at all down there? Um, yes, there were, but there were a, a lot who uh, worked on the concept of the connections and, and who and why connections have always been very important in public relations. They lacked strategic analysis and the ability to develop campaigns that appeal to clients, especially to multinational clients. Mm-hmm. So when multinational clients began to invest in Panama, they oftentimes would look for uh, strategic help from communications agencies and our agency was very competitive in that uh, segment of the market because um, I adopted the U.S. style of doing public relations, which appealed to the multinational client. So then over the years, um, I've worked with more than 90 multinational clients over the years, and it's been more than 90% of our, our clientele were multinational clients. 
So did you belong to some organizations? I'm, I'm just asking the question, I guess, is how did you go about meeting the people from these major organizations, Delta and FedEx and Uber and so forth? In the beginning, um, before the Internet, in the mid-'80s to the 90s, yes, business organizations were key. The American Chamber of Commerce, I was very active in the American Chamber of Commerce. Um, our company was also a member of the Panama Chamber of Commerce. And there were some uh, civil, society, civil groups that I was a member with as well, such as the American Society. So through those organizations, yes, yeah, we did, I did come to meet quite a few people. Mm-hmm. Now, did you run into any significant hurdles, if you will, in terms of getting your agency up and running? That, yes, that's an interesting question, Peter. Thanks for asking that. I believe the biggest hurdle was the language, you know, because Panama is a Spanish-speaking country. So I became very motivated in the beginning to learn Spanish. So I was very happy I took that route because mastering the language was a key yeah, uh, challenge, but then it was the opposite. Once I mastered the language, it was a key factor that led to my success. Mm-hmm. And, and then also it's a different culture here as well, though the multinational client did adhere. You know, it, most, most multinationals are U.S.-based. And they did adhere to a U.S.-based culture, but the culture here is obviously different. So there were a number of challenges. Yeah, however, the field was new, and what I was offering was a unique approach to to PR. So um, I just well, thank the Lord, I was very successful, and I I had a, a very uh, interesting career over the years. Now, what sort of cultural adjustments did you have to make to really sort of, I guess, get smooth and running so that? even some of the Panamanian firms or would be interested in doing business with you? And some of the culture aspects, there's two things. It revolves around relationships in Latin America and other parts of the world are very important. So relationship building is key here. And then um, there's also uh, the approach to time, time management. Uh, U.S. citizens tend to approach time in a linear way while Latin Americans and other parts of the world yeah, have a different approach to it. And so getting used to the idea of what time means, and does the meeting start at 10, and by 10.05, if everybody's not there, yeah, be patient, because <laughs> okay. that doesn't mean they're not coming. <laughs> so it's between it's time management and, and, and uh, the relationship building aspect of it. Now, so were you able to eventually bring on a, a staff of Panamanian folks and, and condition them to the way that you do work and as you expanded your business? Yes, at, at, our, at our peak, it, uh, this is, it, we, I had up to 10 people working full-time. Um, it's a smaller market. It's uh, 4 million people total in Panama. So uh, in our largest expression, we had uh, 10 people working full-time. Mm-hmm. Now that you've had that experience, and you've mentioned that you've also, I think I mentioned earlier that uh, you had this deal with the uh, Panamanian Tourism Bureau. So tell us a little bit about what that entailed. Yes, that was probably one of our most interesting uh, clients. We, I, my business became part of an international consortium of a local advertising agency that had international affiliation and an interna- international agency based in yeah, the United States so the three companies formed a consortium, and we yeah, pitched yeah, the Panama Tourism Bureau, which is a government agency responsible for promoting Panama's tourism. And we, lo and behold, we won the contract. We were just thrilled. It was a contract for 18 months with a budget of $11 million to promote Panama as an emerging tourism destination in key markets in North America, 
South America, Europe, and Canada. So it was a, a, a fascinating project. We caught Panama as it was emerging in the late 90s, and emerging as an ecotourism destination and just a really cool place to visit. And we're, I'm very happy to say that our, our campaign was the genesis for the current investment and real estate boom Panama's experiencing. Mm-hmm. I'm just interested now when you say that obviously you had to develop PR, particularly in Europe. Well, with all the different countries over there, how did you go about pulling together a consortium over there to make that happen? Well, we at that time we had an affiliation with an international agency, and we worked through their offices in Europe. Um, my role here on the ground was to, when a reporters would come, to host them and to coordinate with our client and make sure they got to the right spots in Panama and had the right experiences that we wanted them to have mm-hmm. in order to produce a, a appropriate content that positioned Panama as an emerging ecotourism destination in Latin America. Now, with all these experiences you've had, particularly multicultural experiences, what have you learned from that engagement with different people? I, I don't want to stereotype people, but it's just everybody's very different. And the most important thing is to respect people's differences. I always understand I just don't know enough about why you think the way you do, but that doesn't make it wrong. I just need to learn more. So it's a, a constant learning process. And, a, and a, an ability to respect when people don't agree with you or are different from you. And that way it keeps the doors open and it fosters a relationship of trust and confidence so it can so the relationship can move forward. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the major organizations uh, in Panama that you worked for and any particular hurdles that you really had find a way to uh, manage to be successful well, to bring this project to a close? The two main areas our agency worked in over the years was tourism, uh, and you already mentioned, Peter, our, the crown jewel uh, for us was the tourism contract. But before that, we'd, I'd worked for American Airlines. I launched Delta Airlines in Panama. and also worked for several hotels and launched some tourism centers. Uh, we also worked for technology clients, and getting used to working for technology clients was probably the biggest professional challenge because... Technology clients are very much straightforward. They tend, they say what they speak, they say what they mean, and they expect you, if you disagree, to then state what your point is and then provide points to support why you disagree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they always want you to be very engaged and they want you to be able to be very, be able to support what you say and not get bogged down in personal emotions or personal feelings. But just move ahead and be focused on where are we at, where are we at right now, and what can we do. Mm-hmm. So the technology clients were the biggest, I'd say, hurdle. But we worked for Google and Uber and Cisco Systems and HP, and just by working through with so many clients and so many emerging clients, it was very it, the the process was painful for just a few months, and <laughs> we got used to how they worked and very quickly adjusted to their dial. I've had experience with some technology folks in the past, and one of the things that I found most difficult is getting them to speak in terms that the everyday person could understand. You know, they speak to each other in their technological terms, and everybody's happy. But now when they're trying to convince you of what it is they're doing works for you, everybody can't understand those technology terms that they 
that they're using. Did you have that kind of a song and dance with them to get them to, uh, let's say, speak English? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's an interesting uh, uh, point, Peter. Yes, they do use a lot of uh, technology terms. Uh, We had the fortunate experience to be the public relations agency of record for Uber in Panama beginning 2015 until 2020, and I also launched Uber in Costa Rica. And Uber was very client-oriented and customer service-oriented, so their biggest uh, moniker or their slogan was, tap a button, get a ride. So they were very much into communicating in a way that was very Mm consumer-focused and met the consumer where they were at to help them uh, start using their app and gain familiarity with it and feel very comfortable with the app. The technology almost become intuitive. Okay. Now, did you have any other, let's say, particular hurdles that you had to clear? Maybe with dealing with some of the other technology companies there. No, I can't think of any uh, particular situations. The multinational client has things very standardized. So when they came to different countries in Latin America, they all, of course always asked us to bring our input in terms of what is the local market like and what are the what's the local culture like and how is the language used, because even though the Spanish language is the official language here, the Spanish is spoken in different ways in different countries. So those things we did very effectively, and then we would follow the template for the, that the multinational put forth and adjusting it and adapting it for the special needs of Panama. Mm-hmm. Now, since you've been down there, have uh, other American firms decided to open up shop there? And yes, and several agencies, after we acquired our, acquired our international affiliation in 1992, several other agencies acquired international affili- affiliations as well. The method of expansion, the international the public relations agencies based in the states, it basically worked with an affiliate model. For example, they would award an affiliation to our agency or later on to different agencies. They did not work too much with, the, with creating their own office and developing their own agency. They they look for it and created a, a strategic alliances with local agencies already established. Mm-hmm. Now, if, let's say, you were speaking to some um, folks, uh, let's say, in, in public relations here, and they thought that were, perhaps they would like to start an agency, maybe not necessarily in Panama, but in another foreign country, what would be the basics that you think that they would have to know and understand to be successful at it? Uh, going back to language, it's very important to study the language of the country where you're working and um, also work when you move to a country, work on getting to know people in your uh, market and in your community and developing all kinds of working relationships that help you move forward in, in context. Business organizations like the American Chamber of Commerce was extremely helpful to us, including the Panama Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. So reach out to other organizations and be very active in the in the business community and also in the civil and, and uh, civil community and, and society as well. And, and I think one of the important things that you said was that was to actually learn the language. That was a huge hurdle that you think needs to be cleared by anybody doing business down there. Uh, if you speak English. You've already got half the battle won because English is the international language of of business. But then speaking a second language like Spanish, which is widely spoken around the world, is extremely helpful. I almost believe I probably have the best combination, being a native English speaker uh, and then being professionally proficient in Spanish. For example, uh, 572 million people around the world speak Spanish, and 477 of them are native speakers. 
Mm-hmm. And then why English is the world's largest second language. 1.5 billion people in the world speak English. So working abroad, languages are, 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 are critical. Uh, of course, you can hire people to uh, help you understand the languages that are fluent in the languages, but it's just not quite the same thing. I reached a point where I can stand up and do a presentation in Spanish probably a little easier than I get in English these days because uh, I just became so used to it and it was just required. Of, uh, it was something that a skill that had to be learned. So it was that's probably the most important factor is become very language-oriented. Mm-hmm. You know, well, Donna, you've uh, supplied us with a lot of information about uh, what you've done down there, how you went about going about, uh, you know, getting it done. What uh, information would you provide to anybody who's thinking about, as I said, doing this before, or anything that you think that we sh- might have uh, covered earlier? I just say, love what you do. Be passionate about what you do because uh, we're in a field that is more relevant than it's ever been. Uh, when I graduated from with a, a public relations degree back in 1982, our commencement, G. William Miller, a former Treasury Secretary and Chairman of the Federal Reserve Board, um, he based his address to the graduates on an ancient Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times. And I've always thought that my professional life certainly epitomized that. And just in PR, in interesting times that we've also lived in the last two years, the entire world has been through a worldwide pandemic, which is something, of course, we never thought we'd see in our lifetimes. But there have been, it's been interesting challenges, and public relations is more appropriate and more strategic and more relevant than ever in, all, in any kind of uh, challenges that we can face in the modern-day world. Mm-hmm. Well, Donna, thank you so very, very much. We appreciate your being a, a guest, uh, and my guest today, uh, has been Donna C. Brass. She is the principal of SSR PR Solutions, and she was speaking to us today from Panama City, Panama. And I want to thank all of you for listening, and uh, please share this with your um, friends and colleagues. And again, we thank you for listening, and join us for the next edition of the Public Relations Review Podcast. Thank you. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us. Hi, this is Peter Woolfolk speaking. Now, first of all, thank you so very much for listening to the podcast. Now, I am very excited to let you know that the podcast is now available on Amazon Alexa. You know the drill. Simply say, Alexa, play Public Relations Review Podcast, and she'll take it from there. And again, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the program, please become a subscriber. Now, on to the podcast.